What is your biggest happy surprise so far in the 2023-24 NBA regular season? Usually, we don't have many choices in dividing the campaign into clear stages other than the trade deadline, the all-star break, and the playoffs. But thanks to the first in-season tournament and the break that came along with it, we decided to take this point in time when all 30 teams have played at least 20 games for a little wrap-up. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host, Li Xiang. So, our first surprising boy is Alpang Shengun of the Houston Rockets. In his third NBA season, he averaged 20.8 points, 9.1 rebounds, and 5.7 assists with 2.5 turnovers per game, and in late November, became the youngest one in franchise history to get at least 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists. Before Shengun entered the NBA, he was the Turkish League MVP and had most of the skills a classic European big man needs to play as a team's offensive spine, including solid footwork, the ability to charge the rim from front off the dribble, strong enough power to finish attack quickly over smaller defenders, and a court vision to find open teammates when he received the ball in a high post. What kept Shingwen from rising up in his first two seasons was the lack of shooting range. His threat as an attacker lowered down dramatically when he was away from the hoop. This season, he made improvement on that. He's not a trustworthy three-point shooter yet, but can respond to defense by making jumpers around and even above the free throw line. Shingwen is also able to make floaters one step away from the rim. Shengwen's growth makes him the best screenplay partner for Fred Van Fleet and enabling the Rockets to do more offensive tricks. It's still too early to say that Shengwen will become the next Domantas Sabonis or Nikola Jokic, and there are decisive differences in their ways of running the game. But Shengwen is the best player of the Rockets at the moment and why they should be a playoff team this season. By December the 10th, the Rockets are 8th in the West and on the edge of the playoffs. By contrast, the Minnesota Timberwolves are leading the conference with Anthony Edwards as their indisputable leader. Edwards averaged 24.4 points and 4.8 assists with 3.1 turnovers per game this season. There are improvements in fundamental stats, but not by much. What really feels different is his way of playing. According to Edwards' scouting report, he is a rangy 6'5", 225 guard prospect with a truly formidable combination of size, strength, and quick twitch athleticism on the perimeter. A powerful and explosive leaper, particularly off of two feet, and is pretty light on his feet for his size, making him an absolute terror for defenses when he is slashing to the rim in the half court or running the floor in transition. In today's NBA, most players would try to improve their offensive efficiency by shooting more threes, charging the rim more, and avoid working in the area in between. Edwards chose to do the opposite this season. His mid-range shooting can still take a lot of improving, but by firing at over 55% in long-range two-point jumpers, 
Edwards added a key change to his offense that makes him less predictable to defenders and makes it easier for him to finish attack off the dribble when the rest of the team counts on him to do so. Edwards was already one of the fastest in his position when he came to the NBA, but he has learned to hit the break this season. Being fast makes him a threatening slasher, but being able to combine his speed with rhythm change enables him to play the defender and find the best offensive opportunities. When you have the talents to be drafted in the first place like Edwards does and are given the role of a leader early in your career, many players cannot resist the temptation to play hero by shooting off the dribble over the fingertips of plural defenders who may also be bigger than him in the final seconds of the game. Edwards was not much different from them until this season. He is not a master passer yet but he can and is willing to pass it to an open teammate for an open shot to save the day as long as he can see it. The next surprise is not a player, but a team, the Orlando Magic. The team didn't appear in the playoffs in any of the past three seasons and won no more than 77 games in total. By December 10th, they won 15 of their 22 games and are second in the East. So what changed? Well, for starters, their defense. The Magic had the second best defensive rating in the league and allowed the sixth fewest points in spite of their seventh fastest pace. Most players on the team's regular rotations are good defenders. As long as Jonathan Isaac can play, he is one of the most complete defenders in today's NBA. Both Frenzy Wagner and Paolo Bancaro are able to switch to guard most players, big or small, in the league. Cole Anthony spares no energy in any possession. Markel Fultz still has better talents than many guards despite all of the difficulties he went through. And then there are Jalen Suggs and Goge Bitaze. Suggs has quick hands that can deliver 1.9 steals per game, the third most in of all players but that's not the most remarkable part of his defense. He went for every loose ball, tried to deflect every pass or every shot like he was playing a playoff game. Usually, they say a defender has to be as cold as ice, but many great defenders like Michael Jordan, Gary Payton, and Ben Wallace are as aggressive as fire. Suggs is exactly like them. He is too calm and too concentrated to be distracted by anything, not a missed shot or a controversial call. But when he was defending, he became a predator who missed no chance to prey on his target. Bitaze was the Magic's final piece of their improved system this season. One, he is strong enough to make most centers sweat to get what they want in front of him. Two, though it's still too early, he is an elite blocker who averaged 1.7 blocks per game. Moreover, he does everything on the defensive end, including ball pressuring the perimeter player. His existence is why the Magic can make it difficult for the opponents to move the ball every single time. Our second best surprise this season is Chad Holmgren of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know how many of you guys play NBA 2K. I do. And when I create a player for my career, I prefer him to be a seven-footer 
who can shoot threes, launch attack off the dribble, block shots anywhere, and is agile enough to switch to guard multiple positions. That's exactly how Holmgren plays. He is 2.16 meters tall, 88 kilograms, which is, a, which is a little thin for a big man. This is his first NBA season, and he averaged 17 points, 7.8 rebounds, 2.4 blocks, and 1.6 triples at 38% per game. And when was the last rookie you could recall that shot 88.1% at the free throw line? Since Holmgren does so many things offensively in his size, his opponents would want to send a forward to guard him so they can save their best defensive resource, usually a big man, for more important tasks instead of being distracted by Holmgren outside. Theoretically, a forward can match Holmgren in quickness, but Holmgren is thin, not powerless. In fact, he is a very aggressive finisher below the free throw line. Moreover, he is always ready to exploit any possible absent-minded moment of his defender and then cut in to earn something. We have seen many unicorns in the NBA. There are Carl Anthony Towns with his comprehensive offensive skills, Giannis Antetokounmpo with his destructive power of charging the paint, even Mobley with his huge defensive coverage, and Chris Tapas Porzingis with his shooting range. Holmgren has a little bit of all their qualities. He has better offense than Mobley, he is a better defender than Towns, he shoots better than Antetokounmpo, and he is a more comprehensive attacker than Porzingis. I know it's only his first NBA season, but I'm convinced that Holmgren has already booked his table in the All-Star Club. Now to our final and the biggest surprise this season. Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers. He was seen as a point guard who's much more mature than his age since his first day in the NBA, and he became an all-star last season. We all know he would grow better, but when the Pacers signed that five-year, $260 million extension with him this season, many thought he was overpaid and unlikely to make all of that money because it takes all-NBA team selection, Defensive Player of the Year award, or the MVP award to do so. Halliburton was not there yet. Well, he wasn't there last season. He has averaged 26.3 points, 12.3 assists with only 2.5 turnovers, while draining 3.9 triples at 44.3% per game. He is not an explosive guard, nor does he have an offensive arsenal in his pocket. But Halliburton can see the open chances on the court in a twinkling, and then turn them into open buckets for his teammates immediately, both in transition and during half-court offense. We have seen remarkable orchestrators of driving fast break and solid playmakers who runs slow offense like textbook. Halliburton does both. Because he shoots to kill outside the three-point line, defenders cannot help overreact when he seems to be in the shooting form. That makes him the best in faking to shoot, but to actually pass. He is not a sharp slasher like Steve Nash, but the two share something in common. They're both too unpredictable. Sometimes, 
you don't see why Halliburton's playmaking is so magical because when you watch a basketball game either on TV or in the arena, you're watching it from the above and you see everything on the floor. Those guys who are actually playing the game don't have such advantage, especially when they have to watch out for defenders who are bigger and sometimes, and sometimes faster than them. When Halliburton runs the Pacers' offense, it looks like he is the video game player who sees everything. A good point guard always knows where his teammates are without having to look, but Halliburton also knows where the defenders are, especially when the defenders move in the way he wants them to. And I think that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya.